Hi, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneur Mind Speak. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, five questions to ask to define your brand. Um, and I'm Lauren. I have a business called Creme de Mint, and I do branding and packaging for food, beauty, and supplement product businesses. And I'm here with Natalie. Hi, my name is Natalie. I have a web development and design company named Cloud Create based in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, let's talk about this question. Let's talk about these questions. Uh, so it's really important that you uh, that your brand conveys your values, your story, and your unique way of like serving your customers. So there's a few questions that we have that uh, will help with that. And the first question is, who is your target audience? When you have a product, the number one first thing you should think about is like, who is this product going to indicate to the most? And from there, you can actually build your brand towards that audience. And that can be very different than your own personal preference. So as far as colors go, as far as like, you know, the mood that the brand conveys, um, it, it is for your clients and it's for your customers. So you have to think with who is your customer and how exactly are we going to target them so that when they see the brand, they are intrigued by it or interested in it. Positioning is very different depending on your audience and being able to acknowledge that and really see those differentiations, I think is very important. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to like look at things like the demographics, the psychographics of your target audience. So demographics are things like age, income level, education level, and psychographics are like values, hobbies, habits. Um, you really want to target who your ideal customers are um, so that you know why they're making those buying decisions. And another way that you can do this is by creating an avatar, like a persona, and you want to create a picture for that. So you can even go on Google and find a bunch of images that relate to that specific person. Like I would even take a photograph of somebody and say, okay, here is, you know, this woman, she is 35 years old. Her name is, you know, Linda and she, you know, her hobbies are, uh, swimming and jogging and um, spending time, you know, she loves to spend time with her family. So her value, she's very family oriented. Um, you know, her income level, she, you know, she makes uh, $75,000 a year. She has her bachelor's, like all of these things to get a good idea as to who that person is and what their struggles are. Like, what is it that your product is answering for them? What is that pain point? One fun thing that I like to do when I'm kind of researching this, when I'm, you know, helping with another person's brand or a business is uh, to actually look at social media and find brands that are targeting a similar avatar and then actually go look through the people that are following a page. Like, for example, if you have like, you know, a... Um, holistic supplement or something like that, like a natural supplement, there are certain demographics that are more prone to buying that and like that more than others. So it's very interesting to go look at your competitors and see what kind of people are following them um, on social media. And very often you'll start to get an idea with real faces you know, you can either get validation or maybe you need to adjust it a little bit to really see um, in real life, who are the people that this kind of product attracts? I love that idea. I was also thinking to bounce to um, add on to that was like, 
if you go ahead and you decide to test with that target market and make sure that this product is for them, that you, you can actually see like, are these the same people? Like if you're, say you have like a food product line and you're selling at a farmer's market and you have this specific persona that you have created and you start noticing that it's a different type of persona coming to buy your product, then you have an understanding like, wait a minute, maybe maybe I was not targeting who our main customer actually is. Yes. You know, it'll allow you to kind of tweak it and really understand what your product, you know, who your product is, is attracting. Totally. I love that because it makes it a very kind of natural process. You know, it's something and it might even change over time. Um, And a lot of products have pivoted in that way where they originally started targeting a certain demographic And then found that that demographic wasn't really biting, but then that this other demographic actually loved the product. And so they just kind of like shifted their positioning and then their sales increased exponentially. So it's definitely like, it's, it's like a two-way street. Like on the one side, you, you make your avatar based on what you know, and you can do surveys and you can look at things to kind of find this, but then nothing is going to replace actual market validation when you start selling it and finding out who these people are. The next question yes. you should ask, ask um, about your brand. And that is like, what is the story behind your product? Why did you start this business? You want to, you want to humanize your brand. Um, you want some way for people to connect to your brand. And by sharing your story, that really helps to connect and so that people can see themselves in your story. They also might want to think I'm supporting, you know, this business because I want to support, you know, these specific ideas and values conveyed by your story. Yeah. So it's, it's really important to think that through and just think about what inspired you to create this product. Were you frustrated with certain offerings that, you know, weren't available? Um, Like what's the reason? And I think it's, it's kind of an interesting shift because I feel like, you know, when you look a very long time ago, um, you know, it was just people bartering with each other and people would have little stores and you would always know kind of like the owner of, that business most of the time, because most businesses were local. For a while, a lot of businesses became kind of faceless besides having, you know, maybe an about us page and a mission statement. But beyond that, it was like, this is our brand. And the brand was very much at the forefront. Um, And you didn't necessarily hear all that much about the founder or anything like that. And it didn't matter. Like imagine these websites that I used to visit and it, and it did, it felt kind of, it felt very corporate and yeah. I'm talking about product businesses because I can't really remember what the product businesses look like. But when you're describing this, like I have an image come into my mind and visiting those websites and feeling a bit soulless, you knew that they were providing this great service, this quality service, but there wasn't really a human connection to it. It was uh, it was a bit of the style of the time because I was in web development then as well, like in the uh, like 2007, 2008 time. And we would have businesses that would come in and they were like two people businesses. Like they were very small, you know, and they would buy a website and they would want their website to portray as if they were like a massive corporation. Their website would look like it was this huge business, but it was just these two guys uh, building a business. 
Um, and I think that it, we've had a really beautiful shift back to the personalization of brands now with social media and everything like that. The story behind the brand has become really important because I think there were so many brands that just popped out of nowhere and some of them were kind of soulless, like you were saying. And I think people are really loving that now personal touch. And that's why you even see like big CEOs and stuff like that. They have Twitter accounts or they have their social media. Um, so people can have not only a connection to the brand, but actually a connection to the people within the brand. Um, so that's definitely something to think about when you're telling your story as simple as your story you might feel it is, or as uninteresting as you might think it is, because sometimes people don't know what to say about themselves, but people love hearing that. They love hearing about the founder. They love hearing about the ideas behind a product and what the values are. Absolutely. And I, I it's so much more memorable um, when you hear that story, and especially if it's a story that really resonates with you or you know it sticks out in your mind for some reason, um, yeah, I think it's it's very valuable. Um, and that kind of takes us to our next question, which is what do you value? Because people want to buy from businesses whose values that they share also. Yes. Um, so when you're clear on your values and you make that clear through your branding, you'll be able to attract the people who believe in those same things and you'll be able to create more momentum around your brand. Not to mention that if you are a business where you're interacting with customers directly, which is a lot of businesses, even e-commerce interact with their uh, clients directly quite a bit sometimes, um, it's really nice to be connecting with those people that also have the same values as you. So it goes both ways, both your clients, they want to find businesses with their similar values, but also for you to be able to deal with people that share similar beliefs as you is really nice. So it'll make your, your business and your life a lot more pleasurable. I think it's a really good idea to just sit down and just brainstorm maybe like 20 or 30 different values that you have. And, you know, and then narrow it down specifically to like three to five for your business. Cause you don't want to convey so much that you lose clarity. A core value would be something like authenticity or compassion or, you know, community. There's so many different, um, uh, values that your brand could convey and that you also believe for yourself and for your business, like trustworthiness. For a lot of people, they have a value, whatever that is, they put that in their business. It gives the business character and attracts people with similar values. But the other thing that it does is it actually helps the business owner be more excited about their own business. Because let's say that, let's say you are into environmentalism and your business stands for that. And you're in some, even a very small way, solving some little problem in regards to that. Now your business has a much bigger purpose than just you and just making money. Now it has a secondary purpose of helping something that you actually believe in. And a great example that's a little bit recent is, um, what is it? The Bumble socks? I think they're called Bumble. It's these guys that came up with socks. And every time you buy one, one pair gets donated to like the homeless community. And so like they've donated millions of socks to the homeless community. And like the bigger their businesses get, the more socks they're donating. And these guys, you hear them speak about it. 
yeah, they're excited about their business and it's growing and it kind of blew up and that's great. But like, they're talking about how many homeless people they actually helped because socks is a really big problem in the homeless community. It gives you a whole dynamic to your business that not only is exciting for other people to join you with, but it's also exciting for you because you really get to back up something you believe in that's much larger than just yourself or even than your business. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much that you said in there that I'm just like, yes, yes, this is so juicy. I love it. Sometimes um, companies, they're not as aligned with their values and they they can get in trouble for things like greenwashing their products. So yeah. on that environmental sustainability um, avenue, like if you're not, if your company isn't truly aligning all the way through and it's not going all the way through your company, it can show up to your customers as in, as not authentic. When you're first starting the business, the business is really about your values. And when your business grows, it still needs to have those values so that it can continue to show that same personality, that same authenticity that you gave it in the beginning. It's really important to ask yourself for each value to ask yourself, is this really one of the most important values to me? And why is it so important? And what does my business do that embodies this value? And how do I make sure that it continues to do that? Um, even if I'm no longer part of the business. And the next question that we have jumping into the next question is what makes your business or product unique? Why should your customer buy it from you instead of, you know, your, one of your competitors? Yes. This I think is such a, it's such an interesting point to talk about because it's also, I think one of the harder things for business owners to figure out. I feel like, at least for me anyways, like, you know, I, I've grown up with certain values, so I know my values. I've grown up with a certain aesthetic that I like, so I know the kind of aesthetic that I like. But whenever you look in and really find out what do you do differently than others, and it could be something that seems very small to you, but it might make a massive difference for the customer, and I've heard many stories like that of even just a coffee shop where the barista is super friendly and says hi and good morning and whatever versus ones where that doesn't happen. And it's maybe like a little bit more of a moody atmosphere and the one does much better than the other. So these very little things can make a massive impact. And I think that's something important to pay attention to because what makes you unique, it might be very small and it might not be some strange idea that's never been done before. It might be just in the way how you handle business or the way that you are or the way your product is just a little bit better adapted to handle the problems. It might be very small and that might be even enough. It doesn't have to be like the most innovative, unique product out there, but it needs to be different from its competitors. It needs to have a different personality than your, your main competitors. It needs to have a different story, different values. Um, I mean, maybe you share some of the same values as your competitors, but really understanding why, why would someone want to buy from you instead of somebody else? It's hard, it's hard for a lot of people to look inwards and be like, 
what is unique? It's like talking about what's unique about yourself, you know, and a lot of people's answers would be like, oh, I'm just a normal person, you know, <laughs> but you have to dig a little bit and really find what are those, what are those little things that might be very small for you, but might ripple out in a huge way. If you're not sure, like what benefits your products are offering to your, your customers, um, a lot of times you'll start to see that pop up in your reviews. Based on your reviews, you'll be able to see like, oh, this is what's important to my customers. You know, you'll have this specific product and people will start reviewing it and they'll be pointing out like one specific thing, one specific reason why they like your product. Um, maybe, you know, if it's a makeup product, maybe it doesn't smudge in the way other products do. Like we had a mascara when I had 42 Dubonnet that people love the mascara because it didn't clump. It didn't like come down and get underneath your eye. Wow. Uh, it just, it was, you know, it was a really good product and we liked the product, but we didn't realize how many other people found that aspect so important. And yeah. when we closed our business, I had multiple customers um, reach out and say, oh, I miss your mascara so much. I haven't found anything else like it on the market. So there are specific things around your story that'll make you unique. There'll be specific things around your products that'll make you unique. So just making sure that you find those unique things that are different from your competitors and show them off. And that leads me to our next question, which is what is the mood or personality of your brands? What is that adjective that your brand stands for? Like, I think the farmer's dog, probably caring would be their adjective. I think that's yeah. part of their personality was to be caring and compassionate and, and very authentic. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to, to an extent that that pervaded every aspect of their business. So their packaging came with a lot of care with like notes and instructions. Um, obviously the customer service was a lot of care. It's very easy to make adjustments online, like having, it's kind of like taking your values and then really putting them, pervading them in every area of your business. Make your brand stand for something. You have to make a stand for like, you know, say it's going to stand for one thing. I think that's a great point to pick like a main thing that fits with. And if you're a solopreneur, I would definitely suggest have it fit with your personality as well, because then it kind of resonates and that is going to carry through a lot easier. Um, so whether it's friendliness or maybe, you know, um, a certain amount of trust or whatever personality points that you want to bring forward if you look at yourself and see kind of the best points of you and what you like to portray, that can really help you create the personality that's going to be easy for you um, to carry through your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like for myself, like, you know, I've been in business for a while and initially I didn't really know all of the aspects of my brand and all the aspects of my own personality, like what was coming through to clients. But as I started gathering reviews, the same type of words would come up that they would say, oh, she, you know, took the time to listen and understand what I wanted and then was able to um, help me create that vision. So that understanding and listening part, um, is definitely something that keeps coming up over and over again. And that's, you know, part of 
our brand personality that we, you know, that we care also. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. And that we're listening and that we're trying to understand and really, um, you know, help, help the brand to, um, to show off what their personality is and what makes them important. And um, at the same time, like we're sharing our personality. I mean, you want your brand to be recognizable like a close friend is. I think it's okay for it to adjust and adapt as you grow. I know for me, when I first started out and I was like, okay, this is my brand. And I just kind of visually put it there. What ended up being my brand was so different from that first iteration. Like you could actually find nothing left over from that first iteration because when I first started and I decided to give myself a logo or a, a brand idea, a year later, I had changed so much and I had learned so much that my own perception and feeling behind my own brand was completely different. And then I felt confident actually putting it there, allowing yourself to really have let the brand adapt with you and, um, and you'll get a much more accurate representation than if you rush into anything. I often think about um, the small like food businesses that I've worked with over the years. You know, they start making their product, they start sharing it with their friends. Um, their friends are giving them a lot of great feedback. So they say, okay, I'm going to start selling at a farmer's market. They maybe create a label for themselves and they start selling at the farmer's market and they start understanding what's important to their customer. They start tweaking their formulas and they really get down to a really great product. And at that point, they're like, okay, I'm ready to expand. You know, I've reached what I can do at the farmer's market level and now I want to expand into stores. And at that point, a lot of times is when those folks will reach out to me and say, hey, like I'm ready to, um, to, to upgrade my, my branding. And then we're able to look at all of that and create um, a distinctive personality, a distinctive brand. Like if they didn't know what their values were at the beginning, or they had a few and they weren't really sure which one was their main value. Now they have a better understanding of that. And now we're able to help them visually and through their messaging get that out there in front of their customers and make sure that visually it's translating and connecting with their, their customers. For those people that are trying to determine their dominant personality or mood of their brand, one good way to do that is to watch, um, you know, commercials of larger brands and see how they make you feel. So like, for example, there's a Subaru commercial that I saw recently and it, and it gives me this sort of nostalgic family oriented feel, whereas like this other Mercedes commercial I saw, like feels very cutting edge and modern. You can look at, at brands taglines too, to determine like their dominant mood. Subaru's tagline is, is love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru, right? And so it conveys that same like family oriented, emotional mood, whereas like Mercedes is, you know, the best or nothing. And it fits with the mood of, you know, high tech, fast, superior quality. You can think about these type of examples or come up with your own, like when you're watching commercial or something like that, ask yourself, like, how how do people feel when they interact with this brand and how do I want them to feel when they interact with my brand? And that can help to, um, 
to help you figure out like, okay, what is that mood that I want to convey? What is that personality that I want my brand to have? And commercials are a great example because you do usually, if you tune into it, you can get more of an emotional response from a commercial than from like just looking at different websites or other, you know, other things. So there's, there's many other questions that can help you get even more clarity about your brand, but we feel like these are the top five that you should think about um, when you're getting started. Love to hear if you have any other ideas. I think that's it for this episode of Entrepreneur Mind Speak. Unless you have something else, Natalie, do you have anything else to add to? No, I think we covered it all. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Entrepreneur Mind Speak, and we'll see you on our next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye.